So what is wrong uh, with the voters, not politicians proposal? Well, you know, one thing about it is it's a solution in search of a problem. We actually have uh, a historic system here in Michigan where our districts are based upon communities. And our laws, which are called the APOL standards, were actually developed by a former state elections director named Bernie Apol, who was um, appointed a special master by the Michigan Supreme Court in the 1980 redistricting uh, uh, process when the, the two parties couldn't come together on a map. And was appointed by Chief Justice at the time, uh, Charles Levin, who was actually an independent-nominated Supreme Court justice. And those standards require us to maintain the integrity of communities across the state. We break as few uh, uh, city, township, county lines as possible so that we maintain communities so that they can best represent the people who live in those communities. So how do you end up then with a district that looks like the 14th Congressional District? Well, another way that that, that what happens is you have a, a competing uh, uh problem here, not, not a problem, but just a, a, another standard that you have to meet is not just the um, keeping communities together, which that one actually splits very few communities, uh, but sort of meanders here and there. And it's to comply with the Federal Voting Rights Act. The Federal Voting Rights Act, when it was passed in 1964, uh, required you, if you can build majority uh, minority districts, and in this case, uh, two majority African-American districts, which our state has had since the uh, advent of the Voting Rights Act, that you must build two African-American uh, majority uh, congressional districts. And as we've seen in the last 30 years in this area, you've had a migration of a large number of African-Americans out of the city of Detroit and across the metropolitan Detroit area. And so that district and, and the other district, uh, other majority African-American district that we have here in Michigan, follows that migration. If you want to keep those uh, districts majority African-American, you have to follow the migration of where the African-Americans have moved across our community. And I think that's what the, that district does. Um, and the proponents who want to uh, stop districts like that, I, the question I would ask them is, do you not believe that we should have two majority African-American districts in Michigan anymore? Because, you know, if you just wanted to maintain a community, city of Detroit, right now would be about one congressional district. So you could have one district that represents the city of Detroit and you'd have one African-American district and you have no possibility of building another one. So do you want, what competing interest do you want to have? Do you want to follow the federal voting rights act or do you want to follow the APOL standards? That's one where I think that we followed both uh, because it does split very few communities, but it, it, it combines others in, in a way that, you know, people don't like the shape, which is, uh, quite frankly, I, I just think sort of a dumb idea. Because if you look at the rest of our, our map, our districts are very compact and, and not oddly shaped. Except for that one, that the two Voting Rights Act districts are different. So uh, the proposal itself, voters, not politicians, what is wrong with the specific proposal? What? Uh, why won't it work? Well, I will tell you one thing, a, a couple problems with it. Number one, in the standards that it, that it would remove our standard of keeping communities intact. Uh, so, you know, I live in Macomb Township, so you don't divide Macomb Township. If you, if you can keep Macomb Township whole, you keep Macomb Township whole. Uh, and they would remove protecting communities and replace it with combining protecting communities of interest, which are undefined. And I would say that the, the, the group of Democrats is behind 
voters, not politicians, believes that communities of interest are disparate Democrat voting blocks that they would like to combine to create more Democrat districts. Um, the other thing about it that is wrong is that it judges districts on some another undefined term called accepted measures of political fairness. Now, I don't know what the measures of political fairness are, and I'm not sure who's doing the accepting, but that is what they're going to try and enshrine in, into our, our Constitution. And, you know, it would I would argue for the first time ever enshrine gerrymandering into our Constitution because right now nothing in our state law, nothing in our state Constitution, uh, the drawing of maps, political considerations have nothing to do with draw, the drawing of maps. Okay. Well, here, I did some number crunching uh, last year. I looked at uh, election results from the last two elections, uh, 2016 and 2014. What I found was that in 2016, when you add up all of the votes for everybody who ran for Congress statewide in 2016, uh, Republicans won 48% of the total vote for all of those congressional races. Uh, Democrats won 47%. That's a one-point difference. Uh, that same year, 2016, uh, Democrats and Republicans each got about 49% of all the votes cast in state House races, a half-point difference there. And then uh, in 2014, the last state Senate campaign, uh, Republicans won a narrow majority of all votes cast in all 38 state Senate districts, about one and a half percent more than the Democrats won. Those numbers plus take into account President Trump's narrow victory uh, here in Michigan would suggest a state that is pretty well split between Republicans and Democrats, about 50-50. Yet you've got a 12-seat Republican majority in the state House a more than two-thirds supermajority in the state Senate and nine seats for Republicans in the House as opposed to five. If partisan redistricting or, as critics call it, gerrymandering doesn't explain that, what does? Geography is what explains it, and it's pretty simple. Our districts are based on geography. Democrat voters tend to live in the same area. City of Detroit is 90-plus percent Democrat. Okay, and so it's hard to draw a district in Detroit where Republicans going to get more more than, say, 10 percent of the vote. Now, is that unfair? Republicans choose not to live there, so they're not going to do well in those districts. Democrats tend to group into certain urban and geographic areas, university towns, big cities, etc. Republicans are more evenly split across the state. So because we draw our districts based on geography, uh, that is one reason why you have those disparities. Now, if you wanted to have spaghetti-shaped districts that come out of the city of Detroit and spread throughout the suburbs, I'm sure you and – I, and I do believe ultimately that's what the voters, not politicians, people want to do. So while they decry the, uh, uh, the 14th district, uh, I would argue that if you took their political fairness argument to, to another level, you would have countless – 14th districts across the state as they use urban Democrat votes to try and build suburban Democrat voting districts. That's ultimately what they want, what they decide to do. And I'll tell you one other aspect that you're going to have, as we discussed on the 14th district, is if you did that, uh, you'd have a whole lot less African-Americans serving in, in our state legislative process. And that is an issue that they never talk about. You will t you talk to the voters, not politicians, people, they will never talk about that because that if they get what they want, you're going to have less African-Americans involved in our state government. So 
can either party or any party be trusted not to draw maps to their advantage? I mean, you've talked a lot about the uh, about Democrats. Uh, the Democrats may argue that, you know, you being a Republican, you've got the advantage. You don't want to give it up. And that's why you're opposing this. Um, we have an advantage. Let me just say this, too. Well, in, in, as I mentioned, that. you know, you, you look at you look at the the 12 seat majority in yeah. the in in the state house, 26 out of 38. state okay, Let's seats. talk. Let's just talk. Another thing in politics I've been doing politics for a long time. Mm-hmm. One thing that matters, candidates matter. Okay. Now, if you look at the state house, look at the state house, just the state house seats in uh, 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 when did Gary Peters run? 2014. Mm-hmm. I think okay. so, yeah. Republicans won, um, I think it was 60 state house districts of the 110 state house districts. Gary Peters in his race against Terry Lindland won 72 of those districts. He carried 72 of those districts that Republicans were winning around 60 of them. Democrats can compete if they ha- in those districts if they have strong candidates. Fact of the matter is, I think in the primary process in, in let's say a, a district like Alpena, mm-hmm. where if you're not pro-life and pro-gun, you're not going to win in Alpena. Okay, and they nominate their primary process. They nominate the most liberal candidate they can find that cannot compete in a general election. That's not the Republican Party's fault. That's a Democrat Party's fault. So they have to think about finding candidates that more fit their district. And if you look at the recent election in the uh, district in Pennsylvania, you had a guy named Connor Lamb running as a Democrat, who I would call it a unicorn because he was a uh, ostensibly against abortion in favor of gun rights and et cetera, et cetera, and sort of a, a, a district like the one where I come from, uh, who was picked by the party, wasn't nominated by the party. There was no primary. And I would just argue this, that a candidate like that can't win a can't win a Democrat primary. So, you know, that's the problem that they have is they choose the most liberal candidate they can, and the liberal candidates can't win in the general election. So candidates and campaigns matter. We run good candidates and good campaigns, and they don't. So now Ohio just approved a redistricting amendment uh, with wide bipartisan support. It uh, passed by a three-to-one margin. It's not the same as the one we're talking about here. Uh, Their uh, redistricting process uh, will change, but it will start in the legislature. Uh, And if they don't get a certain number of votes uh, in the legislature, then it goes to a redistricting committee after that. The bottom line is voters still got to decide that issue in Ohio. Why shouldn't this question be put on the ballot and just let the voters decide? Who knows? Maybe maybe it gets rejected. Um, Well, I I don't think we should take the chance on on it passing, to be honest with you. But But shouldn't that be the voters' call? Fact of the matter is that the... uh, Legislature put that proposal on the ballot in Ohio, and it was passed. I think they they saw a problem, and 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 they fixed it in the way that they chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think we have a problem in 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 Michigan right now. And, and one thing, just a little bit, what voters, not politicians, does is it basically takes a process now that to design these districts is given to the legislature, then signed by the governor. In a full, open legislative hearing, public's invited to come, put in their two cents, submit plans if they want, all of which happened in, in the previous rounds of redistricting. And you're going to replace that with basically 13 people whose names are are, mm-hmm. are are pulled out of a hat, basically. Anybody with relevant experience is instantly eliminated from consideration. So if you've been as much as a precinct delegate for either party, you are not allowed. So if you're a grassroots activist for either party, you're not allowed to participate. Um, If you've been an elected official, if you've been involved in politics in any way, basically you are denied participation. Uh, 
also the family members of anybody who's been involved or denied participation. And one thing I think you have a, a U.S. constitutional 14th Amendment equal protection problem is my mother, for instance. Mm-hmm. I am ineligible because of uh, decisions that I made uh, to, to be involved in politics. My mother is ineligible because of a decision I made, not because of a decision she made. She has her political rights stripped away because of a decision I made. And quite frankly, I think that that's unconstitutional at the federal level. And anyway, you're going to take these uh, 13 people, empower them to draw these maps, have absolutely no accountability on them whatsoever. They can't be fired. They can't be terminated. You're going to pay them $40,000 a year. They're going to have show up to a couple meetings um, and decide if they need more money, they actually have to be given more money. So they can appropriate state tax dollars. People who are right now only legislate, state legislators can appropriate state tax dollars. They can appropriate state tax dollars with uh, uh, impunity, basically. They also have limited, the most limited judicial review I've ever seen in my life. The, the, the original jurisdiction for if if people believe that the law wasn't abided in as in what they dropped, it goes to Michigan Supreme Court. Michigan Supreme Court can't redraw the map and fix the problem. They can only send it back to this group to to be uh, uh, to draw to draw new maps if they find a problem. So, the, I mean, this proposal is just the system that they choose to do this is ridiculous, in my opinion. And uh, if it does reach the voters, it should be rejected by the voters. Well, and you know, you had 400,000 or so people sign petitions. There does seem to be some public support for at least getting this issue on the ballot. But then it's up to the voters. I, yeah, I saw, I saw the um, circulators out there, and I must say that they did a pretty good job. But the way they sold this thing was the 14th Congressional District. They would hold up a map of the 14th District, and they would say, look at this. Isn't this terrible? Let's stop this. And voters should choose their politicians. Politicians shouldn't choose their voters, which is a catchy slogan. But it basically, it's it's ridiculous, in my opinion. I would like I would say I protect our communities, reject voters, not politicians. Uh, otherwise, they're going to slice and dice my community and have a a district that goes down, you know, in Macomb Township that goes down, you know, Shaner Road all the way to downtown Detroit, so they can build a you know it's a mile wide and you know ten miles long, so they can build a. Uh, uh, a competitive district. It, it's it, the, the solution is the solution to the problem is worse than a problem if one uh, if a problem actually exists.